But like seriously, man. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to float our own boat, but we're we're not from LA. Like, I worked in LA for a while as a photographer, and I decided for myself I wasn't gonna be a part of that networking. Mm. Like, where you know, I mean, you guys are you guys live there, where you talk to someone and they're like the coolest person you ever met, until that person realizes you can't help them, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Ah, eh, fuck you," discarded like trash. Yeah, right. just like instantly, you know. Or the opposite, where they're like the worst person you ever met until they realize you can help them. Oh, and all of a sudden, yeah, there you go. They're your best friend. Yeah. Like both, that sounds both sound awful. They are. Exactly. They're awful. That's yeah. why that's why like I stopped working in uh, L.A. Um, and, and why I personally like took it upon myself to just just be real. You know, if you don't like someone, eh, fuck you. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to offer you my fucking house to work. Mm-hmm. But if I like you and, and I want you to uh, like succeed, like, yeah, man, fucking use all this shit. Saying well, that you like us? Oh, yeah. Sure. I think after the 10th podcast, <laughs> and that we're doing hour. Uh, I think we can say that we enjoy you here at TSP. Let, yeah, we Clark do. and I have a theory, and this is because uh, both of our significant others are from the desert, that East Coast people and desert people have a lot in common that you kind of just, you, you know where you stand. You well, desert people there. like to do uh, meth, and then we like to disavow anything that matters. So, if you're a nihilistic meth head, you can me- you can mesh with the desert people. Yeah, so, is that what you're saying? Like it is on the East Coast, rural East Coast. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll go with that. I go with that. I mean, I've never been there. I will say, I'm not a maybe. I'm a meth head. You guys should really try the meth out there. You should really try to meth out here, dude. <laughs> Actually, if we're just, talking, if I'm just, just saying. talking about purity, I've read that uh, this is one of the, like, they've got the best, most expensive, most trafficked. Meth. Oh, yeah. Dude. Like, number one in meth in, like, every metric. Victor, I could literally. Victor, this county. We huh. could literally take a 25, 30-minute drive and drop you off in meth territory. Huh. Not only that, you would have a really good view of the stars. Because <laughs> you were thinking Lucerne. Because you're, you're Were you meth. thinking Lucerne? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's no lights out there, so you can disguise. Oh, dude, man. Lucerne's so fucking scary. It looks it's beautiful. so scary being out here sometimes. Like when you photograph and people pull out like guns on you because you're in the desert, you know, it's kind of like that wilderness aspect. Well, we were just talking about it on the way up here that like it would just be so easy to murder somebody and nobody oh, ever yeah. knows. Yeah, like yeah. people can just disappear out here. Yeah, one of my, I, yeah. One of my friends, um, her, yeah, like two upcoming filmmakers. Well, one of my friends, one of my friends, because there's a lot of, just in case, there's a lot of abandoned uh, mine shafts out here. And one of my friends, her dad went out, um, I guess he goes exploring abandoned mine shafts. Huh. And in one of the mines, he found a little dead girl's body. Holy shit. Yeah. Had, was she missing? Was anybody looking yeah, for she, her? Anyway? They, she was missing. they were just like, oh, there's a little dead girl's body. Because you could just easily, easily just throw a body out. Yeah. Like, That's fucked. On your way to Vegas, you could take one of those off ramps that you don't see anything. Yeah, like Zizix, Zizix, and just a dump of I'm going to tangent uh, because it's uh, relevant, but also I think. Uh, Dude, that's a good scary movie, huh? You see someone, you cat, you, you, you're kind of driving around, you're trying to follow, find a place to sleep, and then you just see some red lights turn on in the distance. See, I like like someone got out. I had a different idea. A guy was is driving and he dumped the body years ago. And he's fucking it. And he came back to fuck it. <laughs> and his car breaks down. That's how he wrote dead. His head. car breaks down <laughs> like on accident, right? Like, oh shit, my car broke down. This is like near the off ramp where I fucking dumped that bitch. Oh shit, my car broke down. 
<laughs> and his car's like full of meth, and there's like a bunch of <laughs> cartel dudes after him, and like the ghost kills all the cartel people. <laughs> the ghost? <laughs> it's Benicio del Toro. <laughs> yeah, Sicario <dude>. 5. <laughs> ghost, of, ghost of the Soldado. <laughs> El Soldado. Chupacabra. <laughs> so we cold open, right, on the little girl's dead body getting buried, right? right? And then, like, I would say, you know, 15 feet, there's like a little dirt road somebody's driving down. Uh, this is after the cold open title sequence. Right. Car breaks down. 95 minutes, real time, troubleshooting the car, getting AAA there. They never discovered the dead body. Their car is fine. Thank God. Yeah. It's one of their three AAAs of the whole year. That's the horror, is that they can only break down twice more in the year. And They're like, fucking- oh, fuck, I got- I'm on my third strike. <laughs> <laughs> and it's February. <laughs> the whole year's left. Yeah. Should I call this in? It's not that bad. I don't really want to call this in. This is the third strike, bro. <laughs> I can fix this shit. I swear to God, bro. It's bro. Boring. That's some Larry David shit right there. It's boring as hell. No, it's it's uh, who did Jerry? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Larry be, David it, in Seinfeld. It's no, it's Jerry. Might, it might be Lars von Trier. Uh, Jerry with the G. Ben <laughs> Affleck and um. Matt Damon, I think they they play like these two dudes who their car breaks down in the desert and they just like are trying to like let's if we just oh, yeah. walk for a while there's a city or something and they're dehydrating and they have to cuddle and then it's over. That's, there's there's a movie like that with um I know you're talking about right was it a love story I know no. you're talking about there's also another movie like Ben that. Affleck was not in that movie there's no, a movie it, like Casey Matt, Affleck it was Casey Affleck Matt Damon was definitely in that movie but they die they both die dude yeah. there's another movie just of like exposure that with I believe from, uh, I think so. With the guy from Transformers, the military guy, who's married to Fergie. Josh DeMille. Josh DeMille. And then the uh, fat guy from Ping Pong. The Ping Pong shit. Ping Pong. Ping Pong! <laughs> Please tell me you're the, just The about. fat guy from Ping Ponging with Christopher Walken. I... The, uh, the uh, funny uh, movie, like, Rich Balls of, Fury. Balls of Fury. That fat guy that's the Ping Pong guy from yeah, Chris just- Walken. He was just in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He's the yes. comic relief. Yeah. Oh, Dan, Dan Fogler. Yeah, Fogler. Yeah, the fat Fogler with Josh Jermel. They did the same movie where they were on the desert and then they fuck each other and they die. See, my movie just... Uh, well, yeah. really, fucking? It's really a triple A commercial. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's okay. Triple A's on your side. Da-da-da. See, me and, and like, Tom take it to the next level where it's like, Full frontal penetration. <laughs> man on man asshole. Would you guys be director for hire? Like if AAA was like, hey, we should do a commercial. Oh, fuck yes. yeah. I would okay. sell yes. my soul to like work on a Marvel movie. <laughs> I didn't say Marvel movie. I said if a AAA commercial yes. came out. <laughs> okay. Even AAA. <laughs> Dude, if fucking like even something I don't like would be like State Farm or something. They're like, hey, you you have a trailer for State Farm? I'd be like, yes, I do. Well, you know, it, it's the way of art. Like, you know. To sell out. Well, no, this like sellout piece might fund a piece that you really care about. One for you, one for me. You know, that would never see the light of day. Yeah. You know, like, you know, people are like, oh, you sold out. Like, yeah, fuck you, man. I sold out because so I can make this fucking masterpiece that I actually care about. Right. Definitely. You know, and I think no Clark and I have talked like we, we would do a director for higher, like for, I'm, I'm really skeptical of studios. I wouldn't want to take studio money, but if, uh, oh, if yeah, right. Yeah, right, Jared. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, hey guys, I'm making uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 25. <laughs> uh, it's a really good movie. But I would, I, in a heartbeat, I would take like a, you know, you do one and then a right to direct blind deal. For your next movie, that I would do in a heartbeat. What's a right to direct? Oh, so like anything they throw you, you get to write and direct. It it means literally the next thing you write that you want to shoot, you get to direct and we finance. You know, you agree. That sounds like a a dream. You know who just got one of those deals? 
the screenwriters of uh, A Quiet Place or The Quiet Place or Quiet you Place. Mean, you mean uh, John Krasinski? No, he didn't no, write the original it. Yes, he did. He, he, he did a rewrite of it, yeah. He, he did a screenplay. He has a partial he writing He did a credit. rewrite of it. There's he, no, the, the two guys did the original story, mm-hmm. and then he came in and wrote the screenplay with them. Yeah. The two guys I've read what guys. they did. It's a 65-page uh, screenplay that's mostly action and, like, I don't know. In that one, there's, like, maybe 35 lines of dialogue. It's more than... Yeah. More in the, um, and wow, then that he sounds, came like, awful. Need way more dialogue. His re- John, <laughs> John Krasinski's rewrite was better in every way except for the last 10 minutes. I, I still haven't seen Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so fucking much because I was like, man, this is a really solid movie. And then I saw the <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, fuck me in the dick hole. Like, and now it's an action movie. This is so stupid. Like, there's a lot of. I'm not even going to get into this. No. But you transition- there's too much to get into right now. But you move from alien to aliens over a sequel, not at the climax of the movie. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. is that tracking with anybody? No, aliens you're right. is a horror, aliens no, is an action. No, yes. Yeah, no. Because yeah. aliens is essentially a, a retelling of alien, but as an action thriller. But as an action thriller. Yeah, no. Like in, in A Quiet Place, it just feels so out of place when mm-hmm. she cocks that shotgun. Yeah. It's like. And then it cuts what? to black. It's like, that is not the tone what of this movie, sir. What is my fucking Like, you just cut the five minutes. Just end it. He died. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, and you know what? You know what oh, I Oh, my God. Love? Like, at that point, you just be like, holy fuck. What did I just watch? This was too much. Since there was such a strained relationship between John Krasinski and the deaf daughter, when he sacrificed himself by screaming, he should have just yelled, I love you to her. I feel like that was... Or like really her name. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that anything. would have been so awesome. Like instead It was of just him. a gorilla yell. And she, like, yeah. and she just signs, what? Like instead of him... Like instead of him signing, I love you, he just runs off. He's like, ah, I love you he so much. Just oh, it's ripping apart. And she's just like, what? <laughs> I can't sign towards me. And he's just like, ah, my fucking arm! You fucking cunt, bitch! I'm getting ripped apart! See? I hate you so much! And this is why we had to edit our script, because we had so much of dialogue like this. That's how it ended. No, literally. That was the end of the movie. No, literally. I wish... Do we still have that somewhere? We do. Do you guys use the C word when you write? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. How many times is it? I wrote like a man, where, like, (laughs) if you stub your toe... You're cursing every denomination, <laughs> every religious belief, every race color there ever was, everything in the fucking universe. I personally, I don't. You're say cursing. The, I don't say the word cunt unless I'm talking about the word cunt. I have no other use for it. It would honestly, never come out if I stub my toe. Honestly, the word cunt is literally one of the greatest words. <laughs> like, just as a word, like cunt. Yeah, it feels good to say. Cunt. And so does fuck. It just, it yeah. just has this like. Yeah romanticness about it you know what you know? it is it's completeness it feels like a sneeze it's like you cunt. go all the way with it like it starts with and then you get like a little bit of mouth action uh, yeah. and then the back of the you know like there's like there's a, nowhere a else small to go verbal there's orgasm yeah exactly it, it's not like it. it's like taboo it's but not like a, like so where there's like it's gonna continue like that it's just t- done well, also, but I never have like, a context like, in which to it's say like, it. It's like Clark said, where Don't he was like, "It's taboo." I feel like we're it's very ta- curated with our use of cunt. It's tab. Yes. It's taboo, but it's not so taboo that you you wouldn't say it and like look around. You know what? I feel like it's um one of those words where it actually is like um I think some people would consider it the second most taboo word, but it is contextualized. Yes, that's something people understand that they will allow the word cunt to be used. In context, it's not offensive unless it's meant offensively. Actually, you know what? I don't think we ever say cunt in the script. Sorry, to, to come back. <laughs> I think no, the script don't. that I wrote previous to this one uses it. 
I think, but in a comedic context. So, th- so then let me ask you guys. <laughs> well, we're all dying. Let me ask you guys. So, um, in production so far, what was the toughest aspect that you guys have faced? The same question we've dodged for the whole last half of the second <laughs> session. And I'm talking about like pre-production, production, even the post-production. What has what has felt like the biggest wall to climb? I think my, money. I think I think if we're not talking about money. If we're not talking about money, I feel like um, the biggest wall was uh, getting my lead actor uh, to a place where he could embody a character that technically I still should feel like is impossible for a human being to play. The fact that he pulled it off in a way that I would say is convincing and carries the movie, um, just like there's two actors and they both deliver. I think if they were famous, they would get Academy Awards for what they pulled off in this movie. Two Academy Awards right here for... I love the devil and <laughs> sacrifice God. What's the movie called again? Uh, the a Great, great and Terrible Day, Day of the Lord. Lord. It's I was a, close. It's an Old Testament word for like Judgment Day. No, I, I know. Right? I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> you know, it's uh, interesting. Jared. You should really watch Black Coat's Daughter. I, I will. Have yeah, you seen we that? I promise. Yeah. It's on Amazon oh, yeah, Prime. You, you definitely recommended it on air. I think, no, like, that's your like, every, up again. like I've been watching a lot of movies lately, like horror movies, mm. and it feels like the next... Um, uh, popular avenue to go down is the 70s like occult mm. horror movies and dude your guys's movie just seems so timely like like perfect within uh where the industry is gravitating towards because you know there's just like we want more than like ah ah we yes. want like intelligence yes yeah and yeah. and and all of those 70 movies like i saw you know rosemary's baby and you see like five seconds of the devil mm-hmm. and 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 that movie's not about that one moment of terror. It's about everything else and, and and leading up to it. Yeah. And just like what is terrifying, like hereditary. It's not just the fact that there's this scary elements. It's like it's thinking about it like you yeah, know, it's taking the 30 it to like a personal something horrible happening. A personal psychological level, like especially with things that you're comfortable with, like a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, your partner. All right. how, how there's no it, one you trust more than your partner. How does this sound? It's the new Trend is horrific tales of horror, like The Witch, Hereditary, Black Coat's Daughter, where what's happening to the characters is more horrific and less scary to the outsider. Yeah. Because, like, in The Witch, it's like, man, your whole family's getting torn it's apart. It's your critical thinking that provides yeah. the horror. I would, I would say that, but I don't think it's reached that state yet. Well, we joke because that. That's... I want a tagline that says, most movies scary for a night. Uh, our movie will scare you for eternity. And what I what I really want to do is make people question. If anybody's ever gone through this genuinely, it's I think the most terrifying thing that can happen to a human being is I want to make people for at least a fraction of a second somewhere in the movie question every fucking thing they think they know, their starting point of their identity, how they view the world. That there's nothing scarier than going like, holy fucking shit, where am I? Who am yeah. I? What the fuck? If I can disorient the viewer in that, like that's an acid trip. You know what I mean? I mean, I you guys make... gave me that just from fucking telling me about the story. <laughs> Maybe I'm because I'm drunk, but, but but you know, and like, acid. like and I want to make a, a direct acid. attack on the. <laughs> I think the more Your intelligent, scary movies are going in this direction, slowly, like barely, and you guys are just like so fucking far ahead of the game in that respect, and it's like uh, it, it feels right for you guys. You know, I hope so. By the time we like, finish a uh, post production, maybe it'll be timely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. like it just feels like you guys are doing this thing at the perfect time. 
you know, when audiences are maybe more intelligent. But hopefully you. that's a good sign for the direction of like film in general. Mm. You know, if I like, don't think it is, I think it's a cycle. Um, I, I genuinely believe that people um, are more intelligent and have a better attention span that we give them credit for as when we're depicting. Oh, yeah. The I think culture. that's why they fall well, out I of think, attention I because think, it falls into a lull and they're like, what fuck sh- this. Well, that's what streaming has proved, if anything. 100%. Because it's like, well, wait, people are watching 16 hours of yeah, Orange is the New Black the exactly. second it's released or for streaming. Three hour podcasts are yeah. a big thing now. Like, they have the attention span for that. Yes, very big thing right now. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Huge thing. Everyone's everyone's uh, huge thing. thing. Everyone's doing it. But uh, it is Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan did it. He um, we're Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan on a metric, simply on on oh on the God. data. Please don't talk about Joe Rogan. In front I, of I love I'm gonna Joe say, Rogan. All I'm gonna say, Let's not even go there. All I'm gonna say, he is the most powerful and influential interviewer to have existed in human history. Oh my! Simply Look at by, that big smile I, on Tom's face. I agree, one hundred percent. Simply by metrics. This and is like the day of the base. Lord whole trailer right here simply by viewer base a billion downloads in a year how do you even conceive of that number joe you rogan can't, you can't comprehend that no joe right? a billion of anything joe Did you guys really comprehend rogan. like i mean i'll be honest with you guys like when i look at our movie i think we're like in the hundreds for the tr- uh teaser that's been out for like 16 years um but still when i see the number of people that have seen our teaser and it's in the hundreds it, i think literally it's a hundred it blows my fucking mind because huh. I'm like, Whoa! you know, let alone comprehending what a billion downloads it must be. Yeah, at least at one point you've been like in the same room as a hundred people, like a seventh of the Wait, population you, of the earth. You've been in a room and... with a hundred people. Oh yeah. Have you not been well, at a concert is or this a wedding not or is this yeah. not normal? Like a lecture hall. A wedding in a one room? You can understand. You can understand what a hundred people looks like. I've seen 100 people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Over that hurdle. I've, I've seen about 100 people before. I, I bet you if each one of us, myself included, tried to guess how much area a billion people would take up just standing comfortably next to each other, none of us would be close. Comfortably? Oh, comfortably? No. <laughs> I need at least a 12-mile radius. But, like, would between, it take... Would between it, me and, like, the next asshole. Tom needs at least a 100-mile radius between him and the next female. Let's say it's an arm's length. Is it Dallas? Thanks, Is Steven. it Texas? Is no, it it's way States? less than that. I have no fucking idea. A billion? I, I no, actually, it's actually... Look I have, at this motherfucker. He's like, no. I can't visualize I measured it. People. Actually, I have the answer. You don't. I saw her. Jared, excuse me? Oh, well, tell me. I have the answer. A billion people actually don't take up that much actual space. You could probably fit a billion people into like... Uh, like a, half of the size of like Nevada. No less than 5 billion square feet. Could you agree yeah, with that? <laughs> Nevada. Let's say every person needs five square feet. That makes sense. That's a way bigger number. I'm talking like we're standing like a couple inches apart. Every person. Still like what three square feet? No, that might even be five square feet. A no, couple inches? I, I'd, I'd say uh, maybe two and a half. If you average. My everyone. original claim was if you could put your arms akimbo, but if we want to go shoulder to shoulder, short two and a half. All right. We got uh, two and a half feet. And a billion people. Yeah. That's two and a half billion square feet. Which isn't that big. You may think it's a really big, but it's actually not. Because that's probably like... Well, let's see. There's 5,300 approximately uh, feet in a mile, 5,200 and something. Yeah. So how many times does 5,000 go into it? Uh, for a slight frame of reference, the United States of America 
is 3.8 million square miles. Square miles. Square miles, which is huge. Um, so we want to so divide that or multiply that by... Divide. Um, it's times 5820. It's 5,000-something. A mile is 5,000-something feet. 5,300 something. Oh, but we're doing 2.5. Goddamn math. You want to... Well... Why didn't you give me the square foot? The square feet of a person. What well, is that? You figure out the square feet. Just times it by 5,000. Yeah. Does Wait. Anyone... Let's say 5,200. It's approximately. It's close enough. Well, well, guess. We'll round it. It's... Yeah. It's not that big, dude. Like, we're, we about, have... to, we're about to find out. We're like, there's close. a lot of fucking land. We're about to find out. <laughs> Wait, do you want to divide it by five No. No, you want to multiply it. That'll give you how many feet. Hold on, wait. This is very important. When Clark figures it out, I'm gonna pee. Cause like my building, my where know, my Steve, warehouse. Do you know how many feet are in a mile? It's five, approximately five thousand two hundred. I think it's five two eight zero. I think it's five two eight six. It's like yeah. It's like five two eight. It's like five two eight six or five two eight three. So there's not two thousand miles. I mean, there's two thousand miles in. If you do five two thousand feet in a mile. No, it's at least five thousand. I know it's two kilometers for like a mile. Two point five kilometers. All I can say is my my two point three kilometers. The United States uh, can hold if uh, we're standing in a two point five foot radius. Wow, you really approximately five point two eight billion people. All all I'm I'm saying is. You could you could stack a lot of fuckers next to each other before we run out of land. Oh, stack them up. We're getting really enveloped in this hypothetical. <laughs> I love Joe Rogan. Ever live? Uh... See, I see, Jared. I'm curious. Well, you're not in front of a mic, so we're barely hearing you right now. But I want to I want to say is, is it who you interview that matters, or how many people listen to that interview that matters? I think that was. No, yeah, I think he was just tossing out a stat. Because I would say scale, like Frost the, versus no, Nixon. The scales of the scale of importance. Is it who you interview that matters, or how many people? Well, I don't. I don't think it's a matter of who you interview. For, I think, in, I think in, it's a matter for, of if, how. I think it's a matter of how valued, you interview. Value of importance, because Joe Rogan's never e- emailed. He, I don't know who he's emailed, but he's never interviewed a U.S. president. He's never emailed. Has he ever interviewed a politician? Yes, he Gary Johnson was on his show. The fuck is that? Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson. He ran for yeah the presidential candidate. Yeah, he ran. Wow, for really, him. Clark? You gotta make me look that stupid that quick. <laughs> no, man, I'm usually on your side. You should have been yeah, like, right. oh yeah, I've never heard of that person. Yeah, he was not quite libertarian. Who's who? Who's who? I'm pretty fucked up, man. I'm super fucked up. I'm like drunk, and I don't normally get drunk. <laughs> Round three. Oh wait, we'll just if ha- we go with my questions in my order, we're close to being done. Okay, I just have a couple of questions. So Clark, you can answer this. Yeah, what's up? Wait, are we starting? How important was like craft services and like what kind of craft services did mm-hmm. you guys have on set? Craft services was extremely important. Uh, I think the morale of the entire week kind of revolved around its presence. Clark, let me interrupt you. I always talk about craft services. Hold on, can I say Please, this? can you... Steve is going to say... Can you explain Steve, from the heart Steve, how important craft services is? Hold on. <laughs> before, Steve is going to say something about armies move on their belt, march on their bellies. <laughs> Steve always like says that. that. He always uh, says army that. Army always marches on its belly. So, That's good. <laughs> but like, so Clark, sorry. I mean, like, it's not craft services. I mean, for us, aside from legal, and we knew we were going to run into issues with legal, but like craft services, it was like, 
holy shit like what the fuck is this thing that's like so unstoppable and so important it, yeah and it, it could not have been so more much. important and we had um three hot meals a day uh prepared for everybody um we had uh people that were, were very nice enough to volunteer uh their time we did not pay either of our cooks and they made uh meals for up to 13 people at a time uh all that said um people freaking rated craft services like and it was it was those like quick stop-ins you needed like a bag of chips a bag of candy and actually that's where i slipped up when uh jared and i were making the costco run um to supply the entire house uh he's like should we get this giant bag of candy and i turned to him i'm like no people don't need luxuries like we're here to work (laughs) like we need uh you know sustenance that will fuel us practically like like, fuck them Uh, and then (laughs) that was like the biggest outrage of the entire set was that like there wasn't going to be candy our dp um required red vines (laughs) you know i heard that's like a thing on set like apparently you always have to have a thing of red vines if you don't have a thing of red vines, your fucking film's fucked. Yes, there's a superstition. That's what I've heard. Well, shit, we had your film was cursed. We had no Our vines. film is <laughs> fucked. So, okay, hold on. Besides, wait, 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 hold on. Clark was. Yeah, Clark. Clark. Why are you interrupting him? You're interrupting him. So, if there's a moral to the story, supply lots and lots of candy to the crew. Okay, okay. next time, interrupt now, him sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking. Now, can I ask my question? But give yeah. him something what? that feel okay. like luxury, okay. so they feel taken care of. Yeah. Now, this is a completely just personal question. List your favorite meals that were made, and then what was consumed like the most of. Because for us, it was hummus. Mm. We, Why are we you bought... asking this question when you farted Wait, a second <laughs> ago? Like, there's no food that sounds good right now. We bought a lot. Of, <laughs> we bought a lot of hummus on our sets. Like Did you hummus, do, every Did you do meals every too, like full meals. Yes, full meals. But like hummus was like our snack. Like chips. That was the go-to mm. meal. Like pita or carrots or whatever the hell or celery. But no matter what, our we ha- we we spent we spent probably like two thousand dollars on hummus. <laughs> like, such a fucking bullshit. We spent one million dollars. <laughs> no, like no, we, we, we probably spent spend on food for eight days. At something like, uh, maybe fifteen hundred at the end of the day. Is that yeah, all? actually, Is that's it? probably close to what we spent, like twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah. But we shot Is way that more than you guys. You think? I, I think you're lowballing because I. Yeah. The two of us have done a shopping trip that was. We've done fifteen hundred. A little more than half on beer of that. and pizza alone, bro. I'm not yeah. even counting the times I, we went to dinner. Food is so surprisingly we, expensive. It is, and but it's it's one of the most. Wait, important no answer to my question. Sorry, around. Jared. Oh, fuck. Your favorite meals on set, everyone. Hands down, uh, it was the fried rice that we had. Um, there was like shrimp and bacon and chicken, and it was just the bomb. Perfect, uh, like, very uh, filling, you know, last while, tasted great. Jared. That was mine, hands down. Um, this is an atypical answer for me because it's not a food I normally eat, but the bacon-wrapped asparagus, I think, was the oh. thing I enjoyed most while I was I thought you were going to go with the mac and cheese. Or, no, the potato bar. That was, that, potato that's bar what you were Wait, raving explain about. Explain a potato bar to me. Yeah, hold on. What the what? fuck is a potato well, bar? Well, you know, it's you cheap and really That doesn't potatoes. sound good at all. <laughs> it's not, it's not, first of all, it's awesome. Yeah. Make potatoes, a fuck ton of toppings. People oh, I love potatoes. Cheese and yeah, sour yeah. cream and bacon bits. Explain it to me. Stuff. You know, mm, and it's, you know, yeah. potatoes are cheap. The toppings are relatively cheap. Oh, yeah, and then, I love you know, some cheap toppings. It's got mm. this, like, look at how, how, uh, 
much we took care of you. We made a potato bar, you know? Oh, yeah, the potato bar. Look how much oh, thought man, we put into potato your potato bar. Yeah. Say potato oh, bar. Side, oh, yeah. God. A little Say it. Into my side right Say now. it. Potato bar. Oh, God. Potato bar. What's in Say a it again. But what's in a potato <laughs> yeah. bar? Jared, I'm, I'm ready. It, what's, say what it again. What am I taking on my potato bar? What's in a spud anyway? Oh, God. Did you, scoop, a... did you scoop out the guts? <laughs> no, I, had, I just ate... <laughs> no, I just ate a full potato. It was pretty good. What the potato fuck? bar is good. The mac and cheese. Somebody made mac and cheese with bacon and spam. And I'd never had that mm. before. And that was spam? Really Steven, was spam what was... The spam part does not sound Steven, good. what was your Wait, favorite... Yeah, like Clark didn't notice. What was, your, what was your favorite meal that we made during Deadhead? Oh, during Deadhead? Or Dog uh, at Night or Blink. We never... Actually, well, we cooked... We went to a restaurant for yeah, Blink. Yeah, we went to a restaurant Did you have to check the movie poster to remember the movie name? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, well, we kind of <laughs> keep it up here, so, like, that helps. Um... Honestly, my my favorite thing was what Katie made. She made like a nacho kind of dip thing, vegetarian. Uh, and then I think you guys made spaghetti one time. Yeah, when I made spaghetti, that oh, was you the made best spaghetti night. for a jog. That <laughs> shit was fucking legit. Yeah. The spaghetti, the spaghetti, <laughs> and and the uh, nacho dip that Katie made on set. And then later on that weekend at the cabin we were staying at, I barbecued. We made a, we had a hamburger making contest. <laughs> No, but you like know what my favorite food was when they pissed in the <laughs> bottle. That happened oh, to me. No. Bottle. Yeah, oh, two uh, of our actors pissed in the bottle at a studio. Why? Yeah. For what reason? Why? Yeah. For what reason? <laughs> I don't know. There but, was a bathroom. Guess what? Why did they need? I don't know to but, pee in the same bottle. But guess what? They, pay, they peed in two different bottles, but, but like <laughs> bottles like that. No, no, no. Bottles like like this. Like, I get it. Just use different <laughs> bottles, guys. The oh, bottles yeah, like yeah. that on the table. And they filled it up. But we had to clean it up. How do you even pee in a bottle? That's what I want to know. Mind. Like, that's impressive. Yeah. That's, that is kind of impressive. Yeah. So, but it's like, I can't say no I want to see spills. it. Because then that's like, eh. So my other question was, is, do you guys have anything crazy that happened? Because we had a couple fires uh, on yeah. our set. We at, one of our lights lit a pillow on a, fire. Oh, a literal fire. Yeah, literally, we mm. had two fires, and we asked the actress, like, is this normal? She's like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> one of our lights was too high, and it lit a pillow on fire. It was like, oh, this isn't normal. <laughs> and we're like, what's that smell? It smells really weird in here. And we turn around, and there's a fucking fire. Well, we definitely didn't have a fire, because for one scene, we, we required candles, and our uh, gaffer, the one gaffer, the wonderful foster quarter, who would never in a million years listen to this, but I, I adore him. But he was, um, uh, we were, we lit the candles, and he was so angry with us that we didn't have somebody with a fire extinguisher on the ready, right off camera, just in case it burnt, like. All hey, dude, yeah. fires just happen. I don't know. Well, apparently from your set, yes, they, yes, they do. Like, but, but we did well, Apparently from what we're saying, no, they don't. <laughs> after Wait, that, we had a fire extinguisher. What was the second was fire? What was the second? Fire around. What was the second fire? Um, I remember the strip of LED lights that lit the pillows. Sorry, Jared, I'm, I didn't interrupt you. We, we lit a pillow on fire, and then we lit um, a mask. Uh, I think we lit, like, the uh, filter on a light. Was it for an effect fire. or was it by an accident? No, on, like an oh, effect shit. no, no, no. We were putting like filters on the lights, you know, like to diffuse them or different glows. And I think we let one of them on fire because they were too close to the light because we were working with halogens, oh, yeah. which get really hot. Uh, because I'm contemplating. I literally feel like you're just going to smack my so speakers wait, over. I feel like we're like past the point of like drunkenness where we're just I like, got questions to ask, ask motherfucker. Ask, 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 ask the questions. Fuck them. What, what are your questions, Steven? 
so one of my wait, questions. Did I ask my question? Did I ask my two questions? No, I don't know what your two questions were. You just like, oh, yeah, wait. So you, no fires, nothing like no craziness on set? No, we had some craziness. Like, uh, what was the craziness? We Give us the gossip. Like, like, can you bring that fucking can next to your I'll mouth? Bring God this damn can it, Jared! Next to my motherfucking mouth. Did you bring? Did you break any equipment? <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you guys? Was that break? the story you were gonna tell? That was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our DP brought his own drone, which was worth about the amount that we were paying him for the entire shoot. Um, and I we had somewhere maybe fifteen or sixteen drone setups. I might be being that. That's a little high. A little maybe high. half of that. Okay. Um, we broke it on the third. Uh drone shot it crashed right into the house i'm not sure what happened it wasn't wind it was like a control thing yeah it just wasn't responding to the controls um so it just right into the house (laughs) and we were we were on the second floor which is kind of the third floor um since yeah hills and shit extra floor down um and he hit it above the balcony like in safe area and when it crashed the propellers just like smashed and it just rocketed off the side and whoop just like went straight down and everybody just followed it all the way down so our dp i think is is down uh in terms of like how much he made on this movie i think he lost technically well if you ever need another dp who can fly drones But wait, do you guys like, wait? Hold on, do you guys like drone footage? Um, there were very specific reasons we wanted to use it. Okay, let's get into this because Tom like yes, as a general hates question, drone footage. And for me, like as soon as you see drone footage, there's an element of production value. There is, mm-hmm. there is. Like it, it makes very fancy shots. But it as you can see, good. Tom, he's like, dancing. There's, there's no way around it. It looks good. It does. To, it looks to good. The, to but the, Tom has an argument eye. to that, yeah. so let's hear it. I'll right. tell you something. Drones, their cameras aren't good. They don't capture light very well. They look like shit. I hate drones. They're loud. And you can't really stand around them because they hurt you physically. Use them just for visual and get a color correctionist. And you're How do they hurt no. you visually? They're so ugly. They hurts my heart. Every time I see a drone footage, I'm like, why does it look like the world? It's like, it's like capturing the bend of the earth. Like, what the fuck is going on? All right. Why is every drone I, fucking camera? I, I, let, let one of my favorite shots. I want your opinion on the few drone shots that we did get in our movie. Show me. One of my favorite shots is a drone shot yeah, from the whole we movie. We will. Hey, if you guys want to watch our rough cut of Deadhead, we'll show you if you Live. show us yours. Yeah. Yeah. Audience, you'll never see this, <laughs> but we will see this. Ours we're going to see each other. Ours is 100 minutes long right now, so. I'll show you yours if you show me mine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, like, really, like. I fucking hate drones, dude. They look like shit. Okay, right. there's let me give you a, Let me give you a shot that we did. So I got w- a good shot in my head right now. <laughs> the way we revealed that um, the female protagonist was leaving the cabin was we showed her. She has a s- secret smoking habit throughout the movie. Um, we showed her smoking on the balcony from the drone. As she puts out the cigarette and goes inside the house, we drone over it. And by the time, the precise moment we get to the entrance, she's walking out and she's heading to the car with her luggage. And she puts the luggage in the car, they get it and they drive away. It is a fucking badass shot. I know. No, it's a badass shot, which would have been way better on a crane. Right? No, nothing would have the perspective of, no, no, of no. going across Honestly, the house. Honestly, with what Tom's saying, like a crane's always better. But like, a drone shot can add so much production value because in lethal weapon, lethal weapons, <laughs> they go from this overarching shot like of the city and then they zoom in into this tower, right? 
and I don't, I think the cameraman was drunk because he was like uh-huh. fucking with the camera, like literally. <laughs> huh. Like, there's no way you'd be like, yeah, this is a take, but because it's like half a million dollars to fly a helicopter, yeah, you're going to go with there, whatever they get. And it looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like absolute shit. And you know, like, if they had fucking drones, they could fix tons of shots like that Dude. because there's even the little drones that like can go down hallways that mm. you can walk in. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, yeah. But you know, and, it's and, and, and like time. at 1080p, because Look. people are like, oh, I got to have like 20K. No, 1080 looks fucking fantastic, even in a fucking theater. 720 looks fantastic in a theater. It does. It does. It doesn't look like. Because I've seen 720 in a the theater, I would imagine. You, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I put I'd a 720 curious. movie out there just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Go but literally, uh, most theaters are like at 2K, and um, what what is that? 1980 by 1920. What the fuck did I say? 2K, 2K is like 2048. No, not 2K. The other one. 4K. The 1080. 1080. 1920. 1920. So, by 1080. So 2K is like 80 points above that, which is nothing. You know, and that's what they show in most theaters. So like uh, 1080. Yeah. 1080 is the normal, you know? 1920 by 1080. And, like, when I saw uh, Lethal Weapon, like, there was, like, some camera flops. Like, the cameraman wasn't listening, and then he, like, huh. propped it up, and then they zoomed on this naked woman. Like, it looked like shit. Okay. And that was okay back then. But what does that have to do with drones? The quality of the <laughs> camera of drones. But that's what I'm saying. With, with with drones, like you can get that same quality. My problem is okay. No, but you, you can get that. My real but, problem but, but, is with, what I'm saying with drones is you can get that same quality as Lethal my Weapon problem, and put that into my your problem, movie. My yes. problem with drones is they kind of all have that like fisheye look to them. Yeah, because you don't want to accentuate the bouncing. Yeah. So you got to go wide. Yeah, it looks like shit. Dude. I would say for the symmetry that we wanted, uh, the house to uh like I'll fill up on, on off, dude it's cool well i just think for the for the shot that we wanted there's not a crane that could accomplish the movement that we wanted for, oh yeah yeah and if you think no like i, I would agree with shitty, you that like helicopter footage is shitty i didn't say like, it, it is. you never Hold don't on. know that, you're in that's a helicopter that's why i was saying like for, I for say, lethal weapon I never it was said, so shitty i'm not no advocate of helicopter footage i'm not like bro pro helicopter he just doesn't like it but like when <laughs> i see like that fucking how many times do you think he's seen a drone shot and just not known a lot no oh he's noticed every time but i guarantee you like when I personally see like a drone shot, I know exactly when the fucking drone when I see a drone shot in. and like that bird's eye view, uh-huh. I, I'm fucking gushing, dude. I'm like, I'm fucking gushing. Really? Him, Tom, he's like, uh, I could have done that. I'm like, bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> what you gonna like, do? It looks like what pops. you gonna do when that's I come for you? That's what a drone looks like. It looks like fucking paps. Well, okay, so Tom, how <laughs> how would you feel about this? So this was gonna be our opening shot of the film, but we're gonna shoot it after we broke the drone. Um, <laughs> Hold on, Jared. Before you tell this, uh-huh. I put a drone in my fucking trailer shot. <laughs> I put a drone shot in my trailer, so... Yeah, so be, be nice. <laughs> be a little nice there. I'm, I'm not, curious what you think of it. What, what you would think of it. I just like being an asshole. <laughs> I'm curious. I am curious. I love you. Let the man speak, motherfucker. We are going to have the drone <laughs> flying behind a car, level with the bumper, so that the bumper sticker was filling the frame. The oh, bumper sticker no. was thematic. I don't and know then, if that will... Is that even technically possible? It is, with pros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, but you have to be... The car had to be going really slow. Yeah, no. yeah. But, but from the angle, you wouldn't be able to perceive speed. 
Okay. And well, it, no, yeah, no, yeah, because you're the bumper is full frame. Right. Exactly. And then as it pulls forward, we pull like up and back a little bit until we gradually reveal an isolated car going up through the mountains to the location. We ended up deciding that we wanted to shoot the entire thing at the cabin. No establishing shots of like getting to the cabin. It just all takes place at the no. cabin. No, actually, that sounds really good. That's what I was gonna say. No establishing shots, because as soon as you're in no, that fucking, no, I, I have the opposite. No, as soon as view. you're in that fucking cabin, no, use the establishing shot. I know, I know what you said. <laughs> don't use establishing shots. Well, we didn't film it. The drone broke. <laughs> no, don't use establishing shots because as soon as you're in that cabin, you're confined. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what. And, it, it and was, the audience was, is there's a happy accident. No, but wait, 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 wait. The wait, audience, on, the on, audience is on, smart enough gotta, to know that. I got a counter to that. Because I saw Ant Man and the Wasp. I haven't seen you it. See, and this is how Paul Rudd bitter did it. about it. Hold on, I got a counter to that. I'm a very angry person. Is <laughs> the establishing shot is showing the willingness and acceptance that both parties are traveling to this confined space. What if that's not necessarily and then you what show, the audience to have? But it is also establishing shots do two things. It shows you where they are, and then it shows you that the characters went there. Right? Yeah, I, I'm. Totally on board with our cold open now. God damn it, Clark. Uh, I thought you were going no, to decide no, with me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Fuck easing them into it. You no, know? Like cold the... open. Audiences are smart enough. I agree. And as soon as you cold oh, open. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. You're yeah. right. But I'm saying if you could pull off, if the shot gets pulled off right, it looks really good. No, but no. Yeah, it, it's a very cinematic shot, but cold open because you want your audience to not. I mean. You know what the cold open no, no, is no, for your no, no, no. movie? This is the cold open for your movie. You're inside the cabin looking at the front door and the front door opens, right? Is that the opening Second shot? shot? Okay. No, but let me let me say this as far as the cold opening, like thematic wise, is that you don't want your audience to have any room to negotiate. Mm-hmm. They're on a fucking roller coaster. Yes. And whatever you designate for a thrill, they're going to have to go through. Uh-huh. Well, we decided. And that's it. To not give the uh, the audience any more information than they need to understand the story yeah. they're watching. Yeah, there was a, a phone call that went out, and there was a third character originally in the script. The voice um, on the other end of the phone. Right. Um, and uh, that ended up getting cut uh, because, well, it's a testament to our actress. Um, she carried the story without, you know, needing another voice in there. Yeah. Um, so we you understood did, we, by her reactions what was being said. Or exactly. Least, uh, and without the type being of stuff like, that was being said. oh, this is what you said. Oh, I'm going to agree with what you said right, right. here by re- restating it. Um, but like we were able to cut that and then the happy accident with the drone and we were able to keep the entire thing contained within the cabin. So like the audience only has well, a cabin not- just like uh, Gabby does. Yeah. Well, that's what I would say. Like, just just throw them in there. Because, like, if you throw them in there and you don't ease them into it, it just automatically creates this tension. And, like, you know, use the element, like, hereditary. Use the element of tropes against them where they're like, oh, something's going to happen here. I'm scared. Yeah. Like, hereditary did. But just be like, eh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell my own story. And if you're thinking that, that's on you. Because I made it that way, but, you know, that's ultimately on you. That's not the ultimate point of the story. Like, like Hereditary really, really was, you know, and just kind of like float with that argument along. We as a group seem to like Hereditary. He hasn't seen it. He hasn't seen it. But like, I think. I'll love it. I love it. Well, I mean, 
Hereditary is not hard to go to the movies when you're a dad. Hereditary. Oh, yeah, you got to use that. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, motherfucker. Hereditary is <laughs> not like the hardest concept to grasp. It's not the greatest movie in the world. But I think what Hereditary does well, and, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, is just the understanding of the expectations of the Can't audience. Can't you just or, use The Witch like, since I've seen that one now? Weird. Well, well, we, well, I did try to use The Witch against you, but you just started laughing. That's just funny. But don't laugh at the fucking gentleman who tells God to worship him at a yeah, cabin. Thing, What's the name of the movie? Why are you pointing at me? It was a character <laughs> movie. Because that was the name of the movie. Right? I didn't do it. Like, What's the name of the movie? The great, the great and Terrible Day of the, the Lord. The Great and Terrible Day of the Lord who worshiped Jesus. <laughs> movie. I think you added you words know? to the <laughs> Jesus. And, and a different plot. <laughs> Jesus was there. Okay. You there's know, there's the, some Adam and Eve talk. That helps. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you know Adam it and comes, Eve. It comes up. Have you guys seen the movie Mother? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think? I haven't seen it, but from what I know, I would love that movie. I only saw the first 15 minutes of it. So you hated it that much? No, I enjoyed it. How do you see 15 minutes of a movie and not get into it? I I'm think like, we were watching. It? I had seen it already, and I think I showed it to Clark specifically for research purposes. I wanted to show him. And then you shots. gave him like a crack pipe and he stopped paying attention. <laughs> well, I like I like that it's completely from Jennifer say, Lawrence's perspective. Did you just say Clark did crack? Clark, you want some crack right now? <laughs> Clark does <laughs> a lot of Take a hit. <laughs> Are there more questions on this question? Yes. Oh yeah, the podcast. We're doing a podcast. All right. I'm so I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm, sure three in the I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna lie. If I'm blacked out right now, I'm so sorry. Okay, I actually got a good question. All right. So with pre-production. Yeah. Holy shit, we're back at pre-production? Yes, because that's where we really haven't left yet. So in pre-production, so you... <laughs> we're going to need several more of these. We're all in pre-production. Come on, let's be honest. This podcast is just the four of us. <laughs> is this a new podcast? every episode. You guys are season. stuck with us. This is going to be called... Every the, weekend. The dog, the dog and pony twin shadows. <laughs> yeah, right. The, twi- the twin shadows of the dog and pony. <laughs> I like it. Who's the dog and who's the pony? Oh, sh- I th- you know, I was thinking about this. What so the I, fuck? I hope he's don't... looking at us and thinking about this. No. It is weird that he thought I, about it. <laughs> I hope you guys aren't offended. I was thinking that like I'm a dog. No, you're you're a shadow, you dumb fuck. Oh, wait a fuck. minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No. You... Okay, Clark no, and Clark and Jared are the dog and the pony. Who's the dog and who's the pony? That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> 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 okay. <it>, well, <laughs> we're Clark, waiting. Clark is the pony. Fuck, I knew I was gonna be the dog. And Jared is the dog. He he knew he was gonna be the dog, dude. All right, a do- are dogs smarter than ponies? Dogs are. They way have sp- to be way ponies smarter. Are do- ponies You're are. Ponies are really digging horses earlier today. I know. I really. I do ponies like are. I'm just trying to spin this in my favor. But but you, you know you know the um the expression like a dog and pony show. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's why right. it, it had nothing to do with us. I thought it was funny to to sign you guys a dog and a pony. No, and then bring it up in the podcast when we were really drunk. I guess it's a little Clark support Jared, Jared's really upset about this. Yeah, because no, he I, hates I, you, man. I mean, I'm oh goddamn it! But, but, Is it my face? I know I'm ugly. Let me let me bring this up about uh, pre-production. Oh yeah, Steve. Let's will it in. Okay. Um. So within pre-production, you know, you guys shot this in eight days. Right. That's a fucking feat in itself. Thank you. Um, so, you know, you, you got to figure out a lot of shit in pre-production. Sure. So, uh, let me see. So, what preparation did you make in pre-production that you realized in production, you're like, okay, this is stupid. Let's fucking throw this shit out. Um, I would say uh, there were, like, scenes where we had six, seven, eight points of coverage for, like, three or four pages. Okay. 
Um, and we way over planned in terms of setups that we would need, camera mm-hmm. angles that we would need. Um, and you can do a lot more with a lot less. That, so, that's more effective than cutting between multiple. Ca- you know, you don't yeah. want to jar the audience too much. I th- I so then, what's the solution to that? Like, do you add? Like, well, how do you bef- accomplish bef- what you just said? Uh, before yeah. that question, Clark, um, <laughs> I uh, think a lot of it has to do with us being able to lean on our actors, okay. um, for sure. But he was asking what we did uh, for preparation that we didn't need. That was yeah, too much. Clark, so maybe if you would actually listen to a <laughs> question, you would have an answer. Um, oh, if no. It's no, but seriously, like, what did you guys do in preparation that? Because you know, when you're when you're in the preparation stage, you're just planning for everything. You don't know right. what's gonna fucking be but I, I think relevant. Over planning on the shot list was a fantastic thing that we were able to cut back. A fantastic thing. Yeah, um, like like as in um, knowing more shots than what you were anticipating, or what do you mean? Uh, because we could have a general list of things that we knew that we were going to like, and then we could cut it down from there. Either the best of the best, I guess. Yeah, yeah. either either the for like the best shots or the most efficient as well, like whatever fit into the timeline. So we could like kind of place our puzzle pieces accordingly. So, so what was the stipulation for like efficient shots? Was it just like, I assume this is efficient or like your DP was telling you? Well, no, there, there were uh, scenes where... You know, we had several points of coverage for uh, a scene where we had one shot that we knew that we would like and we knew that the actors could cover it all. Yeah. Um, So like we, you know, we allowed them to act, you know. Yeah, there there were there's one scene in particular was four pages where when we realized that we liked the master setup and that the actors knew the dialogue, we were like, we can do this in a one -er, in a in a four minute one -er with one setup. Um, but then there were also scenes where it was like, uh, you know, we had a two line exchange where our uh, DP was like, we're going to need about an hour to do the setup for two lines. Um, and we were like really thinking about the movie with it and without it and how much we enjoyed the shot. Yeah, we like, like how much, how, how worth it was it? Exactly. Right? And we ended up doing it. We ended up being like, yeah, yeah, I guess like, yeah, set it up, you know. Uh, but it was a point of contact through our DP. I think he would tell us how long a, a shot would take to set up. And there were a couple that were like, well, you know, we'll, if we have the time, we might as well get this coverage that we were like, all right, well, fuck this one, this one, and this one. And so then how did you guys determine a shot that should stay in? Uh, we had a significant handful that, you know, one of us had thought of and were like tied to and thought that, you know, it was useful and worth keeping. So there were a, a few of those like mm, uh, reach shots. I don't really want to call them reach shots because they were very doable, but um, just like um, not your average setup, like three point outside of that, that yeah. we wanted to take care of. Um for the trickiest shots, Clark and I agreed that we like they were important and we wouldn't sacrifice them. But you have to get your coverage first so that you have something shot. You know, if you run out of time, you have a movie at least if you get your coverage first. You know, um, so when we could, we would get our our you know three points of shot reverse shot master. Okay, we try to do the most interesting masters possible. Uh, you know, you want something with the two people who are you know right. Who are on screen? Yeah, simultaneously, but that wouldn't necessarily mean like a fifty-fifty. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not a, not a okay. two sh- not a two shot. A master shot. Right. So mm-hmm. the, so then when you guys would shoot dialogue, you would also you would just always uh, get that coverage even with the time constraint. You well, know, like the uh, like you're tight, her tight, and then wherever the master shot fell, it fell. But like always make sure you get their tight 
They're tight. That's that was, the safe bet. Yeah, that we was the baseline that we worked off of, but okay. there were scenes where we strayed from that. Like yeah. There were times where, for example, our, our camera operator would put on uh, the steady cam and do a trick shot. And it would be like, do we have any other steady cam shots on this floor? Um, and we had one as one point of coverage for like a living room scene. So he goes in, we do the living room scene, the actors kill it three times in a row on the steady cam, and we realize we have one full take on a gorgeous steady cam going from shot to shot to shot of the entire scene. They're both in it the entire time. It's dynamic and interesting. We don't have to come back to the scene. We have it. This would yeah. be a really great one you know. So, you know, we were able to cut a little bit with just like happy accidents like that. Okay. Right, because you can you can use that clip as many times as you need as they're on that floor. Mm-hmm. So you could reuse it. And those situations allowed us to pick up did, stuff. Did uh, you guys write the shot scripts with the DP? No, that was just the two of us. We okay. had meetings with him, and um, uh, at a few points throughout our um, shot list making, but um, he like, never we, told us no on any shot we suggested, we would, even knowing the time constraints. Yeah, we would meet up and like give them those reach shots, like those ones that we weren't sure if they were going to be able to be done or if it would even look good. Um, so we would like toss all those out at him and. Uh, even the ones that he wasn't really happy about, he was like, you know, that kind of sounds cool. I guess we'll have to make it work. That sucks. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Steven, what are your other questions? <laughs> that was it. Oh, That's it? That's it. Okay, I have a couple <laughs> of questions then, to, I guess, to wrap, oh, to wrap like it up. Oh, just like for the wrapping of this? Yeah. I thought you just... I have a couple of questions to wrap up. I don't know if you guys have questions, but I have questions. Do you want me to go first, Steven? Yeah. Okay, so um, regardless of the outcome of uh, A Great and Terrible Day of the Lord, which we're all hoping does wonderful, amazing things, what, what's next? Are you guys going to be working on a feature together? Do you guys want to do a sh- some shorts? or What's next for you guys? Yes. To everything. <laughs> yeah, to, to yeah. both. We have a feature that we're extremely excited about. Um, and that we are planning on, you know, uh, that's the next focus. Uh, we're going to get out of the editing phases and, you know, post-production of this. Um, but we're in the process of uh, fine-tuning the story breaking for our next feature. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, what we'll have to pitch if this gains any traction. But we also have a, a few ideas for shorts, and we want to kind of, like, fine-tune the technical skills and just right yeah because work on something quick yeah try some shit we might not have the time to experiment on yeah we're doing a feature right some shorts you know that's kind of what we i was trying to do with steven was just like hey do we have a weekend where we could carve out three days and just film a short see what we can do with it just to just like get lighting down get our you know get down writing down a quick a quick script because like you can probably write a you could probably do a five ten minute short in a weekend Mm mm-hmm I mean, if you guys are down, I'm, you know, we're down to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Always. So, yeah, I mean, for, sure, for real. Well, I feel like on the break, I asked to collaborate like 80 times. It was le- left with a lot of hesitation. There's no hesitation. <laughs> There's just, no hesitation. We were just explaining to, to you. Air, so you seem like the we person. We were just trying they to. They want us to use their stuff. We were letting <laughs> you know why that speaker's crooked right there. <laughs> you know, we're trying to sell you on why that speaker is crooked. And if you're okay with that speaker being crooked, we're down. Because we love you guys, man. We love you both. My mouth full of Berm. Steven, what's your question? That took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing pretty good. <laughs> um, I, I can't tell if that was an offer or just like a statement about current facts. <laughs> I mean, you both have beautiful ladies, I'm assuming, waiting for you. So. Well, let me ask you guys don't let, this. Don't let my mouth distract you. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you guys this. So please like do, when, it, when the film's all finished and complete, uh, 
and it's ready to go out there to whatever that means. Uh, what's the future of this film? Like, where are you taking it? Uh, well, hopefully, um, <laughs> the best case scenario... That was too deep. Yeah. Stop! No, no. <laughs> we have an answer. I just uh, have talked a lot, so I knew Clark knows the answer to this. So I best case scenario, it does well at an illustrious film festival and, uh, you know, gets some uh, low-level traction there and then gets picked up, picked up for wide distribution yeah. and it becomes a famous cult movie. And uh, Clark and Jared are millionaires then. And we were able to fund all of our own projects from there. We, uh, you know, including our projects, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll bring you to the fold. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, we'll, we'll have both of our production company, uh, you know, little uh, vignettes mm. next to each other, like Universal and Focus. You know, yeah, that. yeah. So you guys should definitely be Universal. We'll be <laughs> we'll nobody, be nobody's <laughs> okay. the focus. Let, let me ask you guys this, like on a more serious note. So when you think your films ready to go out there and you know you're you're sending it to the f- festivals you know it's ready to be like viewed mm-hmm. how do you think you're gonna feel at that moment you know what i mean like is it gonna be like completed incomplete but we got to put it out there like i'm curious to clark's answer for this i'm gonna say the obvious answer i think because as the person who wrote it i think it i, I anticipate it being a similar feeling to sending out a script when you feel like it's done you know, you always feel like you can be better. You always feel like, fuck, is this, am I the only person that like likes this? Do You know, yeah. like, is this just for me? You know, is anybody else going to resonate with this? That, and, I think everyone's got that feeling. Yeah. 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 I, I think yeah no, that resonates with every filmmaker. So I'm just trying to see what you guys. Feel. So I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll feel that. I'll be like, I know we are really proud of this and we think it's awesome. But are, is that like, do we make it for an audience of 15 people? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What's Sunday? I don't. I think it's going to be anxiety and uh, well, pessimism. I tell with, like, you, every I, once in a while we'll get drunk I and be like, wait. "We're going to win the festival." And <laughs> it's all Spielberg movies from here. Oh shit! Blink. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, god. So 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 so. Oh, what do you think? Ignore the drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Which one? <laughs> um. Proud. Um. Proud? I didn't say anything uh, about proud. I said you asked how he felt. That's uh, a legit answer. What's he, the future for the film? No, you said no. you said how are you gonna feel while it's. How do you judged? think you're gonna feel uh, when it's ready to be put out there? That's the other question. He said, proud. "I'm gonna be pretty proud." <laughs> um, like I I've been in creative fields for a long time, um, and I've tried to create art along the yeah. way and I've always been very self-conscious of that like you yeah. put yourself into it and then it's just yourself exposed to the world and everyone else judging it um but this in particular has been like the first time that I've kind of strayed from that because it was so collaborative mm. um like I've I've worked with Jared a lot before and we're um we think a lot the same so like we have the the same views, and I always kind of picture us as one person when we're performing and things like that, so he never really counted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's actually really fucking heartbreaking. I mean, like in a good way. Heart touching. <laughs> this has been a roller coaster. Okay. <laughs> My heart is swelling with joy and happiness, and every positive emotion humanly examinable. But like everyone was willing to have a stake in it, so yeah. everyone really um, put in their best. I mean, like people brought ac- new things that were yeah, never even a- like, across the board. Part of our and vision. every step of the way, and every single day um, at rap, Jared and I would go out and have a cigarette, and different people would join us from the crew, but. 
every single day we had the same thing to tell each other and that was i am fucking blown away by what has just been created uh -huh. like wow. there was not one step where we not where we were not impressed with what had happened and that was even before we started shooting like we were impressed with the cast and crew that we got so fucking awesome man it was it's just been a ride so everything has impressed me yeah, <laughs> yeah. not a single shot looked every single shot <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tom, you fucking all asshole. For farts. <laughs> all, for all for Tom's farts. <laughs> all for He's got to make it all about him in the end. <laughs> Do you hear that? He fucking died on mic. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have the evidence from the police cop. Like, no, it was self. He, I think it's technically suicide. He just let it all out. Wait, who did, who did an edible? <laughs> Did you do it too? No. Right, well, that's, that's two out of four. That's true. Yeah, what's up, buddy? I'm so excited to hear what they have to say. Yeah, I'm waiting for uh, I'm Jared to fucking wrap it up. I'm sorry I farted. Jared Clark, I'm so sorry I farted. Is this a wrap-up comment? Are you asking for like a No, no, part? no. Oh. Just say whatever you're going to say because well, I got one more question. What I was going to say was um, every single line of dialogue that the, that the actors delivered was better than I envisioned when I wrote it. Every single shot that Clark and I imagined together was better than I thought it could have been while I was writing it. Mm. Every single shot that Tom shot from our shot list looks better than I thought it could look when we were designing the shot list. And now I'm hoping that you know it put together is better than I could hope it could be edited together when I'm thinking of it cohesively as a movie. Definitely. So it has just gotten, you know, the collaborative nature of it that Clark's talking about you know, we have benefited at every single time we bring something on, they add something to it that's been, you know, elevating yeah. it beyond our, our wildest dreams. So don't blow it, Spence. <laughs> um, well, hold on. There's two more things. Two more things we got to discuss. Have, actually, wait. I have some questions, too. Shit. You motherfucker. You just made up some shit. I, I, I did. Can I go first? I'm waiting for you. Do you guys have any questions for us about like anything? Any Do you guys want to know about this? Because anything, 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 because we've yeah. gone down this route. Quite literally, <laughs> anything. I'll answer any question. I, I don't, I don't believe in lying. Really, <laughs> really now. I don't. Ask me anything. I'll tell you the truth. Oh yeah. Anything. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. <laughs> yes, I'm fat. <laughs> Nobody. Has. <laughs> I don't think we had that. <laughs> oh, Clark. God damn, Clark. Wow. Clark, Clark, Clark laid it deep. All right. What's, your, what's, your, what's your um, music situation? What kind of music do you envision for your movie? I, I would personally like some like John Carpenter-esque, like 80 synth. So you're thinking about hiring perhaps a, a composer? <laughs> <laughs> that? Really? Yeah, that sounds pretty great. <laughs> I feel like we're witnessing the breakup. Pay of me, man. I'll do the soundtrack for that movie. I mean, whatever we make, we're paying each other. <laughs> so. Pay me the money back. So let me ask you guys this. So well, that was all the questions you guys have for us? The music? Shut up, Tom. <laughs> you can come on our podcast after this. <laughs> Wait, do you guys have a podcast? No. Shut up, Tom, you fucking fuck. You all guys right. will be our first one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But we're going to use your equipment at your location, if you don't mind. That's we, perfectly fine. Yeah, that's fine. And we're going to post it, it under your name. <laughs> we want losers on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at me you loser. <laughs> the biggest filmmaker losers. <laughs> hey, what did you guys do? Hey, guys, we made a movie called uh, Deadhead. It was really good. <laughs>
<laughs> oh yeah, tell us more. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Margarita killed herself. Yeah, what happened? Margarita, Mar- she ran it into traffic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we didn't explain Margarita's from the perspective of the audience. Her sudden absence departure. She's, she's dead. Let's be. She, she has passed away. She died. But she, she ran lives out on in Margaritaville's everywhere. Have you ever been to? Have you ever been near San Diego where you see those like Mexicans running across the street with pigtails in the what? signs? No. Have what? you guys seen oh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. One of them was Margarita. <laughs> all right. Let me ask you guys this on a serious note. Sure. Please. For all of our thousands of millions of listeners listeners out we there have that's ten, where we, we have that exist we got 18% of we Joe at Logan's least audience. got uh me and tom so let me ask this uh for those people out there what would you guys say are some do's and don'ts like just like this is solid fact do's don'ts do's don'ts uh for your movie for our movie or for like an aspiring aspiring filmmaker no 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 i would well Obviously not your movie. It's already filmed. But like an aspiring filmmaker who's going to film. Like what are some things they need to really focus on and some things that maybe they think they should focus on, but eh, fuck it. The first thing that comes to mind, I don't know if it's the best answer, but to be picky with your crew, um, we're able to um, really find people that were willing to, to put in the time and effort like, you know, hands down, they were ready to give their all, but they were also willing to follow two guys that didn't really know what they were doing, and everyone knew that. Um, they were um, willing to collaborate with people that they didn't know and take on tasks that they didn't have to. And we met with uh, most of our crew individually beforehand, and, you know, we were able to get a feel for people. So um, I guess the advice is to. I don't know, like be able to to bond and like don't just go off of like their real or their experience or something like really focus on like the per- the people that you're hiring. Connection, personality. That's yeah, because we had we had 13 people at a time living in one house and everyone got along peachy keen except for that one night. That's, <laughs> that's beautiful. Except um, for that one night. We, we had we to bury five those. people. We didn't interview the chef to be <laughs> But yeah. I would say if you're, you know, attempting to make a movie from a position where nobody is helping you make a movie. Yeah. Um, do show more enthusiasm than you expect anybody else to show because you are no one is ever going to care about your movie or the completion of your movie, the success of your movie, the quality of your movie more than the person making it. So if you expect your crew and your cast to care about it, you better be excited about it. It better be the coolest thing in the world to you because the attitude that you exhibit is what people will catch and how they're going to feel about it when they're coming on. Um, do be extremely realistic about what you have available to you. And I know you have like an awesome sci-fi idea and you have like the coolest, trippiest, like if you can just get like those Doctor Strange effects, you know that they can do in you know, After Effects and it won't be hard, too hard to find somebody who can, you know, work in those suites on credit. Just work with what you have because it's better to make something than nothing. If you have what you have and you don't have to ask for too many favors or take out like a loan and sell your bike or whatever it is, and you can just make something, you can learn something. And the next one can be better. You can showcase what you can do. If you have a little bit more and people might see like, oh, this is what you did with what you have. We can trust you with what we have. You can borrow it for a little bit and then you give it back to us in profits. Yeah. 
If I could sum it up in four words, just fucking do it. <laughs> do it. Just Preach. Do it. Preach. Just make it fucking happen. Preach. Well, I got to say uh, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you guys. This has been a pleasure. And reaching several, out. Thank you. Several pleasures. Well, <laughs> it's been very inspirational talking to you guys. I mean, I'll be Literally. honest. Yeah, it makes me want to like work harder on the movie. You know, not that I'm not working hard <laughs> on the movie. And, and I <laughs> wish you guys the best. And hopefully you guys will uh, come back on, talk with us, you know, tell us where you've gone. That way you can take us with you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe we'll have did to make... we just become staples on this podcast? I think maybe we'll you have... are always welcome on this podcast. <laughs> I think because we'll... you're the only ones who want to come on this podcast. <laughs> I think we'll have to make this a regular thing where we're like we just like reconnect with Jared and Clark every couple, like every month or right. so. So, so Jared, if people want to find you out there, is are there your film? How do they get a hold of that? Uh, just scream Jared really loud. I'll find you. Okay. No, and, um, and, the, the movie's called The Great and Terrible Day of the Lord. Uh, that's the name on IMDb. It's the name on Facebook. It's the name on Instagram. Uh, it will also be linked in the description on SoundCloud right. and iTunes. And Clark, like, how can people find out about you? Like, what's, there will what's up? probably be links to the things that Jared mentioned. All right. There's going to so be some there. links. Uh, maybe. Maybe we'll post them up. We probably won't. We never do. Um, <laughs> we I feel like, po- wait, we haven't posted an episode yet. That's true. Um, I feel like audiences can always tell when you're wrapping up and they turn it off. So no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly. Only, it's only the links in the bottom that matter. So it's hopefully actually they that. funnier if you listen to this part because exactly. this is the part where we all have sex. But seriously, guys, it's great to have you on, and uh, I wish you all the best. And I'm honestly very excited to see this film at some point. Yeah. Re- regardless of how I see it, um, it sounds like you guys made oh my God. something very special. And I wish you all the best, and thank you for being a part of our podcast and sharing your story with I us. Couldn't thank, e- you guys. thank you, guys. I couldn't echo what Steven said more, except I'm more excited than him. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> and thanks for getting us drunk yeah and i'm more thankful than jared <laughs>